Hello and welcome to another episode of So You Think That Was Good, Do You? A podcast where we take a look back at the films from our childhood and question the absurdity of their universes. My name is Evan, and as always, I'm joined by the Gorgonite scum that are my co-hosts, Sam and Carl. <laughs> Do you copy, boys? I just want to go home. I copy. <laughs> I wonder which one we would be. I worry that I might be slam fist. <laughs> oh my god, I, I could not remember anything. I really hope not. <laughs> See anyone I remember? I have no idea. No idea who I would be. Is there a good one? None of them are good, but we'll get to that. This week, we're back in full force with 1998 Small Soldiers, a movie you've been calling Toy Soldiers with 100% certainty until I just reminded you otherwise. I thought we'd get started with a little refresher of the plot. That sound good? That sound good? Yeah, let's go for it. Yes! <laughs> I'm sure you've uh, found a perfect summary of this plot, so lay it on yes, us. Yes, this wasn't the first one I saw on Google when I typed in Small Soldiers plot. When teenager Alan buys a set of Commando Elite action figures, he's unaware that they've been programmed with military technology. The toys, including Leader Chip, spring to life and start taking their directive seriously, beginning by killing their enemies, the Toy Gorgonites. But Archer and the Gorgonites won't go down without a fight. Alan gets caught in the middle of a war, as does his neighbour and crush, Christy. I want to hit two things of this plot because I stuck with it because the person who wrote it clearly has not watched this movie firstly <laughs> Alan doesn't buy shit he tricks poor delivery man Joe into copping him a couple of action figures and promises to pay him back later secondly the Gorgonites absolutely will give up without a fight it is their main thing <laughs> that's their whole thing yeah. that's their favourite thing to do is give up yeah, what do you think about that? It's not accurate, is it? Well, it's, you know, it comes no. largely and swats the plot, but... but... I mean, that gives you... That's one of these summaries that gives you kind of the basic premise from the back of the box. Yeah. It leaves enough unsaid that you don't really have any idea what's going to be happening going in. You've got a couple of character names in there. Yeah, on the names, yeah. I, had, I did feel a certain amount of shame that it took me until the age of 30 to realise why he's called Chip Hazard. Oh my god! Am I oh, supposed I didn't to know even that? Pick up on... <laughs> Just like, oh yeah, it's because of the chips that they mentioned throughout the film, Evan. Oh, is it that? Is that not just a coincidence? I guess so. That feels really? very tenuous. I mean, yeah, I, I, it's taken me until near thirty, and I, I still don't. Well, I'm still not sure about you that. Still beat me maybe, it, maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe, yeah. I mean, everything else in this movie is a reference, so I'm going to take it that yeah. that was Is this too. film an allegory for the dangers of technology? This film is capitalism is bad, right? There's a lot of messages in this movie, isn't there? Oh, yeah. I'm sure we'll cover yeah, them all in messages. great detail. Uh, the opening to this movie. Uh, so this is the, the Small Soldiers logo. I keep saying that weird. Small Soldiers logo is like lasered onto the screen in metal, and you, you get the two action figures, Archer and Chip, grafted on there. That was sick. And that is going to be so cool. the level of my notes for all of this. Yeah, I think a lot of things are going to be describing what happens and then going, that was sick. That was cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's a bit of a, uh, I think it's a stretch to call it foreshadowing, but that links to when they're fabricating the toys, which we haven't got to yet, but such a cool scene. Yeah, yeah really awesome. I loved it. All the lasers and the cinematic angles and, oh, that was great. And right after that, there's like a, a little marketing promo for Globo Tech Industries, which a lot of this movie is about. Mm -hmm. And I try to write down a line I found interesting, but my COVID brain has not translated that onto the page. So I'm going to read it for you and you tell me whether or not it makes sense. Globo Tech Industries, colon, advanced battlefield technology into consumer products for the home family. <laughs> <laughs> The home family. The home family. Not like the the woodsman <laughs> well, family. I mean, it, it's a movie that's a folder through into the future where you have your work family and your home <laughs> family. Because we are, we're a family yeah. here. <laughs> this company, it's like a family. Yeah. Here at Globotech, we're a family. Yeah, yeah I was... Uh, I think the Globotech thing, maybe I'm getting ahead of myself, but the idea of having this global corporation that acquires and buys up and kind of 
just amalgamates into uh what's the term I'm looking for? Like a global corporate overlord kind of. Yeah, conglomerate, yeah. Um that felt pretty ahead of its time. I felt like maybe I maybe when I think of the examples of that, you kind of craft an Amazon and Facebook, these kind of corporate giants that just buy shit up. You see, I thought it They're felt all very post this movie. I thought it felt very eighties. Very uh, Dennis Leary's character felt very Wall Street almost. Oh yeah. yeah so was... mm. like commentating on it within a movie was probably ahead of its time, but in terms of it happening it's probably because it had started Maybe about ten years earlier. Maybe the main thing here is that I don't know stuff that happened before I was born. <laughs> <laughs> I like your idea, Sam. I feel like they all got the idea from this movie. They all saw this. They all headed out on their little yeah. corporate lunch break and they were like, well, we could just buy everything. Yeah. Although, one thing that I will say, in uh, in defence of Globotech, or mainly in defence of, uh, is it Gil Mars? Mr. Mars, yes. the CEO. Is he, he stomps into this board meeting, he fires all of the dead weight, and he says... Stop trying to market this as something it's not. If you're going to market this as punching its way out of the box, make it actually do that. Why don't you just make a really good toy that lives up to the marketing? And I, this guy's the least evil CEO I've ever heard. He's a solid bloke. He's he's got his priorities sorted. It's the people he gave the instructions to that went too far. Yeah, like, he idiots. he didn't say stick a, a weaponized microchip into the toys yeah. and have them try murder kids. So make a toy that can do the thing in the advert. I mean, to be fair, his mistake was giving these two idiots all-access military passes, but, you know, putting that to one side, I didn't feel like he was the evil corporate overlord that I remembered him as. Yeah, that is fair. Here are your top-secret like passes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they probably could have, like, kept them down at secret, maybe. Maybe official sensitive. Bottom secret. <laughs> For some context here, because we've jumped right in, Heartland Play Systems has been purchased by Globotech, the aforementioned conglomerate, uh, a large military supplier. He fires everyone, and the two remaining employees are Larry and Irvin. Irwin? Irwin. David Cross. Oh, yeah, I didn't write down names. Yes, David Cross. I wrote down Tobias Fumke Mm. until I could later Google him. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah, and you're right, Ed. So they've got a pitch a new product in order to, to keep their jobs. Uh, and like you said, Sam, he wants toys that can actually talk like the, the concept marketing that Larry shows him. Uh, and that's how we end up with the toy soldiers. Oh, small soldiers. God, I fucking fell into my own Already trap in this it. movie. <laughs> that's Mark one. It Chalk it up, first one. Yes. That was your intro. You've all been calling it toy soldiers. Like, <laughs> no, we haven't. You fools. Like, I think Evan's just been <laughs> no. calling it toy soldiers yeah. a lot, and now it's <laughs> projecting that onto all of us. I love in that pitch meeting where they're going over, because the Gorgonites were originally going to be the new product line, but they're shot down by Mr. Mars because they're too, you know, boring for kids. He wants something that sells. So obviously they go for Larry's military toys, which are the Commando Elite. And uh, they're worried that if it's too violent, might be too violent for kids. And Mr. Mars says, well, don't call it violence, call it action. Kids love action. I feel like that really illustrates yeah. the point this movie is trying to make, which is like this a glorification of violence in America, and especially with the support of one military. Not that I want to get into this too much, because I know fuck all about it, but I do feel like this film hits that idea pretty hard. I feel like it's something to touch on yeah. at some point, yeah. But um, like they said, this movie was initially going to be for teens, and then they made it into a kid's film. And there's still a lot of violence and some pretty like heavy metaphor in there or allegory. So did they just go, let's make it for kids and just ham-fist all of it? <laughs> <laughs> Military products at private prices or at industry prices. Or something. Just shove it all in yeah. there. It's all going in. But we'll just make it more obvious to see. on the nose. I do want to say in... I mean, we're not attacking the movie, but in its defence. So when when I went into watching this, one of the first things, one of my first thoughts was, great, this this whole movie's about magical chips that give toys superpowers, and none of the plot is going to make sense because it's a cheap rip-off of Toy Story. I thought I'm going to be able to pick holes in all of this. 
I was stunned at how well it all fits together. Like, okay, you can nitpick and stuff, but the whole premise of it, which I suppose we should explain, the premise being these two idiots get all-access tech passes. They buy up some AI-enhanced microchips and stick them in these toys, program them to be fighting, you know, soldiers. Um, and then the AI kicks in, start developing it, making them learn. And because the CEO rushed these to market, they didn't go through testing. So they didn't find and iron out all of these flaws. So I was watching this, ready to try and write down plot holes. And I was like, shit, they've got me at every turn. Yeah, it's a very They skipped movie. the testing. They, you know, the others haven't been activated yet. Yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they talk about how quickly it goes to market and the fact that that we are beyond, we're before the release date, so none of them have been opened and activated. So it really, like... Yeah, I kept trying to think ahead to be like, how can I get this movie? I've got to point something out so I have something to say on the podcast, but it just kept rebutting me every time. If I can't nitpick, i got nothing. Anyway, sorry, that was my little uh, rant in defence of something (laughs) that we haven't attacked yet. (laughs) Uh, So the toys are then put into production. Uh, which you've mentioned before, and that is a very cool scene. You see them all getting... I felt reminiscent of something, but I couldn't remember what it was. Is they're all moving through the product line and they're being built. Do you boys have any idea what that might be? I mean, it's. I'm sure it's not this. What came to mind was Robocop, but that's probably a tenuous link. It was just, you know, epic music and building and 3D printing and all of this stuff. So that's what came to my mind, but that's probably not what you were thinking of. There is something that I, I swear it's a reference to the way they're built, or maybe that's just a, a trope that I've not caught on to too much, but uh, it was very cool regardless. You got anything, Carl? Any ideas? No. <laughs> no okay, that's great. <laughs> no, I have no idea. Um, is that all I wrote was, oh, that seems cool. I didn't know 3D printing existed in the 90s. I had the same thought. I went and Googled it, and yeah, there was already enough there that they didn't just invent it, but... Again, another thing that this movie was ahead of its time with is the rise of like 3D printing and AI. Uh, movies definitely got to AI before Small Soldiers. I mean, 2001 A Space Odyssey didn't actually come out in 2001. So. <laughs> okay, good point, yeah. <laughs> well, okay, look, they didn't invent it, but still, I'm clinging on to my point of them being ahead of their time. This Terminator movie is very reminiscent of Small Soldiers. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we're then introduced to Alan, our protagonist, as he's riding to yeah. his parents, uh, by his dad's toy store. I love this bit because as he rides up, there's a kid outside with his grandma and she wants to buy him a toy. And that kid is just like outright, no, nah, the toys are shit in here. And they fuck off. <laughs> and that sets up all you need to know about the toy store and why it's not important that they're not in there all the time. But that yeah. shop is ahead of its time. That shop is ahead of its time. I mean, that is the most hipster shop ever. (laughs) You open that shop now and people would be in their top buns and beards and all. Yeah. I did think that they captured quite well the kind of shop that as a kid, you might look at the shop and go, oh, that looks toys, wicked. I want to go in there. And then you look and you're like, oh, fuck, this is dull. It's all wood. It's all wood and like old timey books from the 20s i don't want this shit when you go into a toy shop at the beach on a family I holiday was just thinking that yeah. yeah it's one of those tatty toy stores but you have mm-hmm. to buy something because you've been in there and your parents feel bad so you come away with like a little wooden skateboard for your fingers or something yeah and the little 90s kid behind the counter is eyeing you up and you feel bad <laughs> i don't know how many beachside whoopee cushions i owned as a child <laughs> Yeah, I do want to say Alan is a classic. I mean, on his bike, Curtin's haircut, he's the absolute epitome of a 90s kid. I don't know how much of the CGI budget went to making his teeth smaller. (laughs) Incredible work. Just referencing our least popular episode. Yeah. He could have been copy and pasted into any of the other movies that we've watched so far, and it wouldn't have been out of place at all. They're all the same guy. Yeah, they are. So this is where Joe happily hands over merchandise that isn't his own to a kid because he promises to pay him later. Very easily flummoxes Columbo into giving him a whole set of toys. That is the the actor who plays Columbo. One fact I know. (laughs) Well done. But I I did quite like the line, 
I don't like your tone. It's too loud. I enjoyed that. Yeah, I don't know yeah. why. Yeah, but um, yeah, he gets a whole set of toys. They go into the shop, and what I loved about the introduction to the first toys, Chip Hazard, is that he's meant to represent the American military. And what we first see of him is saying, "Civilian, declare your allegiance," and then instantly shooting the little kid in the head. Yeah, oh, I noted that down as well. So funny. <laughs> half a second, half a second between saying it and shooting. Yeah, really good. I feel like this movie's saying something. Um, I'll use. I'll take this opportunity to say that um, Major Chip Hazard is such a good character. I just loved it. Who's who is it? Uh, Tommy Lee Jones. Tommy, it's Tommy Jones, Jones yeah. isn't it? Absolutely killed it. Awesome. Just yeah. I was cracking up the entire time. Everything he said. I thought he smashed it. I mean, I was having a quick look at reviews and his performance wasn't very well received. And I was just like, I thought he was great. What? He was given the idea, he was given the character of over-the-top like military leader who's based on all the different movies of the 60s, 70s, 80s. And I, th- I think he killed it. I think he really brought really back like memories of all of those. Because um, yeah, they brought back a lot of members of like Actors from the Dirty Dozen to play the other commando elite. That's very cool. So, yeah, so the idea was for them, them to be reminiscent of all characters from those sort of era movies. And I thought he was brilliant in that role. Yeah, nailed it. Mm. I can hit you with a bit of trivia now if you want. Hit me, hit me, hit me, yeah. hit me. Go for it. They initially wanted to not have the Dirty Dozen actors. It was going to be all the actors from Predator who played the soldiers with Arnie playing the main lead. Ooh. I cannot imagine Arnie as... Why is Arnie always pegged for the yeah. lead? <laughs> the 90s. That's how he gets all his roles. Oh, pegged for them. I would have loved to see that final um, that final battle with Arnie shouting at Phil Hartman and just the kind of the jingle all the way part two. <laughs> I would have liked hearing uh, Arnie try to say psychological warfare. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Arnie I can hear it in my AI head. Controlled super soldier. Can't see. I don't it. think any of us are brave enough to make an attempt at it, though. No, <laughs> no we won't. Uh, we also get uh, introduced to uh, Kirsten Dunst's character in this scene, uh, very artistically named Christy, so we don't get confused. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I don't know why I noted this down. It's only because we've recorded. Jumanji in the past is that we have Kirsten Dunst and an Alan in this movie. Isn't that interesting? That is, you know. <laughs> I mean, based on the trivia of this, where every single trivia point was, this is a reference to this. This is, a, I mean, it, it very well could be a reference at this point. Everything was <laughs> apparently a reference. So. Just, um, yeah. all of them were just, this is a reference to the director's previous movie. It's just like, at some point, you're just patting yourself on the back there, aren't you? Look at all these movies I've seen. (laughs) Look at all these movies I've made. I do like that um, Christy, her character was that she goes for bad boys, like sort of abrasive dickhead on a motorbike or schoolboy arsonist. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I forgot about that little nod to his past because Alan is new in town. He's just moved in. Of course he has. Otherwise, how could we relate to him? We can't relate to someone who's yeah. lived in the town all their lives. We're new to this town too. What I can't relate to is that he's allegedly an arsonist. And it was like a series <laughs> of things, wasn't it? It was Because I think you're supposed to think they aren't true. These are like new rumours about kids who come into town. But there was like a list of things. I swear one was that he killed a cat. <laughs> I don't know if he killed a cat. That might have been your COVID brain. It might have been. Um, yeah. I, I was in the, the depths of it at this point. I, or I may be thinking of a real life story there, Sam. <laughs> You might be thinking of someone that we mutually know. Yes. It didn't kill a cat. No, it was worse. Um, and I'm not going to elaborate on no, that anymore. Worse than killing a cat. That'll be a Patreon special. Uh, one thing he did do is called in a bum scare at his school. <gasps> that was the which, other one. Calling in a yes. bum scare at an American school. Maybe they wouldn't put that joke in nowadays. No, this is pre 9 11, though. Yeah, this was pre a lot of things. <laughs> pre AI, pre uh, 3D printing. <laughs> yeah. Pre conglomerates, <laughs> <laughs> and then we get this weird side plot between the two dads of the families, uh, Alan's dad and Christie's dad. Um, he's yeah. about to cut down a tree, 
because he wants to put up his new satellite in his back garden. He hasn't got one of those that goes on the house. He's got one that goes in the garden itself. And they have a little argument where Alan's dad says that it's just another example of techno crap. And I feel like this is the only real place this movie does it, but it feels like they're trying to get the two dads to represent the two sides of the toys, where Alan's dad is, you know, anti-technology and is, you know, pro-Earth, whereas Christie's dad is all about the opposites of that. And, you know... The TV resolution. <laughs> I wasn't sure what that allegory was supposed to mean, because later on... You know, Alan's dad is well happy to chip in and kick the shit out of those commando elites, so it's kind of dropped. But I, I thought it was kind of interesting that they did that. I think it is just the the same point kind of reflected. Like I say, it wasn't really uh, subtle with its messages, was it? So no. our toys represent your technology versus nature, and they're doing the same with the dads, with the massive satellite dish and the tree. <laughs> yeah. None of this was subtle. Not that, I, but I still loved it. Oh yeah, I don't think that detracts from the movie, and I think in, it's not intended to be subtle because it is—it's almost satirizing those points being made in movies, or at least that's what I feel like. You know, because it's obvious that one side is military and pro-military, and I think it's—we're supposed to laugh at the representation of that, and on top of that, the the fact that it has been pushed in the film in that way. So maybe it's commenting on other movies of the time that are very much doing the same thing, but trying to be subtle about it. I feel like there was a point there, but I got lost in all that sentence. I'm still suffering here, boys. I'm getting better, but I might lose myself. Let's not read too much time. into I think it was, it was Avatar before its time. <laughs> yeah. If there's one thing that Small Soldiers is, it's before its time. <laughs> they invented toys. They invented the military. Uh, so where are we at now? Alan now returns his ticket to his dad. Uh, he left his plane ticket. He's about to go on a big conference. He's going to change his little shitty toy business into the best business in the world by going to a conference. So Alan brings him his ticket. Uh, and then this is where Andy... Uh, Andy? Uh, Alan goes to his room and finds Archer, emissary of the Gorgonites, in his backpack. Yes, he does. Yeah. And then Archer right-clicks his way through all of Wikipedia. Yeah. <laughs> he does. And I, uh, I did write here. Do you guys remember Tay, the Microsoft AI from a few years ago? Is that the one who got real racist? Yeah, the one who had access to the internet and just became instantly a Nazi. So, so it's not very, <laughs> yeah, re- not very realistic that he had access to all of that information and didn't then have Alan wake up and go, Alan, I've been learning about white replacement theory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Alan wakes up to find Archer like pages deep into 4chan. <laughs> He's got All Lives Matter scrawled into his arm. Have you heard of Jordan B. Peterson? He makes some good points. <laughs> um, I actually had a note on that scene because when he was scrolling through it, it made me think, I don't know if you boys played this in school, but that six degrees of separation thing you'd play on Wikipedia where yeah. you had to click a certain amount of links to get to a page. For us, that page was always Hitler. For some reason, so you'd randomize Yeah, you always find Hitler. There we go, yeah. And I'm just surprised that he didn't hit Hitler at some point along that way. I mean, he managed to hit, like, nuclear bombs and stuff, so I'm sure the the uh, people who made the film just decided might be a bit much to have parents explaining who the moustache <laughs> man was on the computer screen. <laughs> <laughs> so this, we hit here another really good scene. This is where Chip Hazard gives his address to his now activated commando elite in front of a jigsaw of the US flag. That's dope. It's it's a really great scene. Yeah. Uh, just before that, the way that he assembles them all is he wakes them all up and they punch their way out of the plastic on the on the cases. That's one thing that I did not believe because it takes a fucking nuclear warhead to get through the plastic <laughs> yeah. on those boxes. I don't care how hard you punch you're not getting through that. You've got to untwizzle those little plastic things. Oh, oh yeah. Got to, like, break your scissors trying to get through the little side bit. But, yeah. Maybe it's just a sign yeah, of how this, powerful the Commando Elite are. This movie's not very they... realistic, is it? Magic system in this movie makes no <laughs> hey, look, sense. I'm arguing for the other. I'm saying it makes perfect sense. They just must be super strong. And this is really where the, the plot kicks off between the, the Commander Elite and the Gorgonites. I'm very thankful that this kicks off quickly. They assemble, they have their speech, 
and they start attacking the Gorgonites. They kill one of them straight away, so we don't get to see one of them. Um, I want to point out that one of the ones we do get to see, like, they've all got different styles. There's a rhino one, there's a big ogre with a rock on his hand, and there's one that's just an eyeball with legs. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't have a mouth, doesn't speak like the others, Can't. doesn't have weapons. I feel so bad for the kid that gets that one yeah. as a present. <laughs> You've got to act all surprised and grateful on Christmas. Yeah. I love the, the spinning purple guy. As like, I don't know any of these names. I feel like we weren't told them. Oh, we were told them. Yeah, but... We were. Uh, he was my favourite when I was a kid. That's yeah. what I remember. His name was Insaniac. Insaniac? And then, yeah. That's a great watching name. It, watching it back this time, I was just like, he's not actually telling jokes. He's just saying things yeah. in a punchline, <laughs> like joke punchline format, but... None of them actually seem like jokes. The only thing you said that I thought was funny was later on when Christy gets, spoiler alert, when Christy gets kidnapped and they send a hostage tape through and oh. she's there being tortured by the commando elite and he goes, what's on the other channel? <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, that was good. Yeah. And a bit of a joke for the boomers with, uh, here's my wife, the old ball and chain. Oh, I yeah. I enjoyed that one. Very good. But yeah, other than that, I was just like, I remember this being funnier. I'm going to get in the crow's nest. Hey, there's a dead crow up here. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you that yeah. easily amused as a child. It's not really a joke. I feel like he was there to tell jokes. Maybe he was there to tell jokes with the kids yeah. because I thought that he was entertaining as a child. But re-watching it, I was, like I said, I was cracking up at everything the Commando Elite said. I love them. Favourite characters. Again, that's all I had to say about that. They're really funny. <laughs> that's all I have to say about that. I don't have a punchline for everything I say. I'm not insane. <laughs> No, you just have to form it like a punchline. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what were we just talking about? We we're just talking about, so they've assembled and they've attacked the Gorgonites in the shop. And then they've left to scope out the shop. Hey, here's a really boring plot in continuity. When Brick Bazooka, got his name down, hops onto Alan's bike. This is after, this is a little while later. He gets his legs ripped off and then... Uh, summarily popped back in by the Commando Elite. He's shouting in agony at the pain of what he's going through, and yet Archer can't feel wind. <laughs> Can they feel or can't they? There you go. There's my nitpick. That's my one for the film. That's a good one. That's a good one. It, it seemed like Archer figured out what wind was once Alan explained it to him. I think he just didn't know that something... You couldn't, if you couldn't see it, it wasn't real. So maybe he was ignoring the feeling of wind involved in that. Maybe. I, I don't know. I think, I mean, I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit, but as the movie goes on, the Commando Elite show that they are incredibly, they've got like aptitude in all kinds of things. They can, they're spies, they're mechanics, they can MacGyver together all these weapons. And meanwhile, the Gorgonites don't know what wind is or understand how windows work. They're like, what's that? What's beyond there? What's next? Why is the tree moving? They were designed so kids could learn, so they were programmed to know fuck all when they first came out. Just massive pains in the arse. Like, like having a child, like having a two-year-old. Why? Yeah. Why? 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 Why'd you get that for your child? Straight in the bin. Yeah. And it's after this that things get really violent, and I love it. So the, the Commando Elite then mm. work their way back towards Alan's house, and try to find Archer inside. Uh, and after they do, they string him up above the garbage disposal. This film hits yeah. hard. That's so cool. And then Alan just shoves one of them in there. Mm -hmm. Was that... Was that oh, I feel like I had his name, but it's gone now. Nick Nitro. Nick Nitro! Yes! Nick Nitro. God, they have good names. But nice one. A after he gets his hand sliced open with a electric can opener. That's why I'm like, what part of this movie was changed for it to be for kids? Because... Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. It's not the violence. This movie's pretty bloody. And then his parents come downstairs and they completely deny that any of that could have happened, which, you know, I, I find that pretty understandable. Yeah, pretty fair. I mean, I think they're pretty good to him to say that he is their arsonist, bomb scare, yeah, calling yeah. in child. I mean, the first thing his mum says is, are you on crack? Yeah, yeah. And I'll be honest, I was convinced for a minute. I was like, oh, so that's what's happening. That would explain everything. This is a different film. Maybe that was the original plot when it was for teens. Yeah, train spotting None kids. of this was happening. The Commando Elite now break into Alan's garage and start concocting all those weapons, and we get my favourite line in the movie, which you did mention earlier, Carl. 
If it launches, lacerates, or detonates, I want it mobile and I want it lethal. Oh, that's so good. Just another example of the amazing lines that Tommy Jones had. Yeah, yeah awesome. really cool. And, oh, and uh, so at this point, we also are supposed to think that the Gorgonites are all dead because they trashed the store, but Alan now finds them all hiding in the trash can, which they love to do. They loved uh, a little bit of hiding. They fucking they? belong yeah. in there, don't they? <laughs> Yeah, and leave them. And they do fix that Gorgonite from the store, Sam. He 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 does die in there, but they do put him back together with some radios. Oh, and bullshit, they, don't they force the radio. Sorry, yeah, I was wrong about that. Yeah, fair enough. That's all I have to say about that. Oh, this is also the point um, in the film where I think Alan's motive switches from "I need to sell these toys" to "I guess he realizes that he's got no hope of selling them." <laughs> he's just like, right, I suppose I'm on your side now. That would be a much darker movie if he realizes what they're capable of, and then it's just like, I need to get these toys Still sold sells them. now. Yeah, because he he, all he's trying to do is get them back to sell them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we also have a little subplot running at the same time here, uh, where Larry and Irwin are learning that one that there are military chips inside the the toys, and they also learn straight after this that an EMP could destroy the chips. Yes. And that's why they weren't used by the military. Yes. <laughs> An EMP will take down anything. Uh, electronic, pretty sure. But do you remember the golden age of, cin- of cinema where everything was EMP related? <laughs> I don't. We don't get as many EMPs anymore, do we? No. no, no, no. It was this and the Matrix, and then people kind of got bored of them. And they would explain what EMP was in every one of those movies, like we all hadn't been to see all those other movies. Yeah, we'd all yeah. been to see the Matrix that came out a year later by that point. Very, <laughs> this was very this reminiscent of oh, okay. 1999's The Matrix. Look, The Matrix ripped this off. Star Wars rips this off. It's a pioneer. In case you didn't know, boys, it's an electromagnetic pulse EMP. Oh, very good. It negates electricity, you know? If, there, if there's, like, electricity, this is, like, you know, the anti-electricity. You get it? I've got a few films I can show it's you. The You'll opposite get of electric. <laughs> so much electric. This is pre-electric. You get it? Oh, God. (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) Well, I do get it. We get a nice demonstration of it later in the film. So, Were we all... I was a bit uncomfortable with how much Alan just was shit-talking the Gorgonites all the time. Weirdly weirdly annoyed by them looking at him or talking to him. He's a bit of a strange one, isn't he? I mean, uh... Don't look at me. Don't talk to me. If you do, I'm I'm gonna call in a bomb scare and burn the house down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> little Alan bomb scare. He is a weird one. Yeah, shocking. <laughs> the little Alan bomb scare. <laughs> oh, at least we have a description there. <laughs> That's very good. <laughs> um, well, I can get us back on track because I think the next scene of substance is. I mean, we get a little bit of character development between Alan and Christy, and then the Commando Elite figure this out. I think they listen into a phone call, and they decide to take Christy hostage, so they head to her house. And we get some good scenes. That is one thing I enjoyed about the Commando Elite that I never clicked on before, is they all have like individual skill sets. So we have our Link Static, who is listening to all their phone calls, and I quite enjoyed that. It was very military, which is very fitting. And then you have the Gorgonites who all just are the Gorgonites. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we got like mechanics and technicians and strategy and all kinds of stuff. And then the Gorgonites are hiding in a bin. They're all great hiders. Or telling shit jokes. <laughs> Again, like, you know, okay, I'm not the target demographic of this film anymore, but I like the antagonists so much more than the protagonists in Absolutely. this film. Absolutely. Yeah, completely agree. And this whole sequence now from Operation Sandman, where they roofie Chris, Christie's parents, they go to sleep, they kidnap her brother and tie him up, and now they animate all of the Gwendy dolls in Christie's room, which are like the oh, Barbie dolls of this universe. That. They all come to life, like 40 of them. Awesome. This is the scene I think of when I think of this movie. This is all like I could really remember with the, the nightmare fuel that is all of this now. They're all... Yeah, the half-melted faces. With razors and stuff as well. It is very cool. You have scripted really yeah. my favourite line in the whole film. 
delivered by uh, Phil Hartman, Lionel Hutz in The Simpsons. Oh, I know what you're going to say. I, I it's know what's just coming. before your Operation Sandman scene where he says, I think World World War Two is my favourite war. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it comes out of absolutely nowhere. <laughs> Next to his drugged wife. <laughs> Drifting off. But yeah, it just hits on that um, message throughout the movie again of just this, don't call it violence, call it action, and people will love it. Yeah, the very idea mm-hmm. of having a favourite war is insane. <laughs> yeah. Quickly, boys, off the top of your head, favourite wars? <laughs> uh, Gotta be Battle of Hastings. Oh, the Battle of Hastings. Too far back, uh, mate. That Too is. uninteresting. Oh, 800 double <laughs> Oh, okay, yeah, you've won. 1066. <laughs> That's on the British citizenship test, isn't it? <laughs> Finish this sentence. <laughs> oh, 800, double O. Did this come out before or after Toy Story 1? For some reason I thought you were going to say World War 2. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say the Battle of Hastings. <laughs> before or after the Battle This is pre-1066. You know what? Yeah. Battle of Hastings is very reminiscent of small soldiers, wouldn't you say? <laughs> uh, I think it's the ideas. This was uh, three years after. After, okay. Well, this whole mm. Gwendy scene was very Sid's room in Toy Story, where all those toys are mashed together from different things. It was, yeah. yeah. And within that, we also get the line, we have ways of making you talk, which is a line that Sid uses in Toy Story. Oh. Just to add to your point. Very cool. Oh. Thank are you they right. both referencing another thing, though? I feel like they're both I think they're referencing, referencing like a Bond film or something. every torture scene in every movie ever. Yeah. There's got to be one that came up with it. Yeah. And who's to say it's not Small Soldiers? I mean, it came up with everything else. Yeah. And that's all I have to say about that. I'm going to... So, the, yeah, so the premise of this attack is that Alan and Christy are sort of quite close by this point, by this, point, by this time. Um, and I think... Uh, so Christy has been very clearly very into Alan, despite the fact she's got a boyfriend. And I'd like some... Moment of silence for my one singular joke in this film. Christy's been horny for Alan for half of this movie. Kirsten Dunst, more like Thurston Dunst. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I got. I can tap out now. That's great. (laughs) All I wrote was that her boyfriend was stood outside trying to come up with a good lie as to why he couldn't leave. And then two minutes later, he literally ended up with his pants on fire. Oh, oh that's that, is that good. on purpose? Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was stood there. Like, picks is, up on is, is that on purpose? Or am I just a child? I, no, I, I think you're on another level to have even mm-hmm. put one and two together there. Yeah, I think so. That's good. That's In right. fact, the, another um, level. the phrase liar, liar, pants on fire Originated came about from as a result soldiers. of this. Oh film. my God. Was that post small soldiers? <laughs> yeah. You, n- you never heard it before 1998. 1065. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you've just greatly summarised there that uh, Christie's boyfriend attempts to, to break in to save her from the, the Gwendy dolls. That does not go well. He fucks off. Alan comes to the rescue. Archer breaks him into the house after she's shot him in through the chimney. And he's rescued Christie. Oh, this is where it turns out they've been in the garage the entire time, building all their... Little vehicles, yeah. It turns out they've just been grafting away in the Fimple garage for the entirety of this movie. And they come out with just some of the best cobbled together weapons I've ever seen. Like The detail that went oh, into killing it. machines in a kid's movie is quite impressive with the nail guns and the toaster that fires CDs. There's a lot um, of effort into murder <laughs> for a PG-13. Just to clarify what we're talking about, they've kind of laying siege to the house that the two of them are in. They also uh, establish at this point that you can... like. I think he Alan hits away some of the Gwendy dolls with like a, I don't know, a baseball bat or a golf club or something and kills them, what, destroys them, which sets a bit of a tone for why aren't you doing that more? Yeah. <laughs> like, just... Hit them. They always run away from Chip Hazard quite slowly. And uh, yes. since Evan likes on him. since Evan likes referencing our previous episodes, uh, dolls voiced by Christina Ritchie of Casper fame. Yes. Oh, really? Only half of them, though. Huh. The other half were voiced by someone else. Famous. Sarah Michelle Gellar. Sarah Michelle Gellar. Thank you, Carl. I just read oh. that. Of not Casper fame. No. Good trivia. Scooby Doo. My, my I was wondering um, 
what the fuck Christie's family keeps in their garage to make all of these weapons. But I guess if they are the um, representative of Technology. technological advancement, then they've got everything. So, yeah, sure. Multiple chainsaws, a million. It was mostly nail discs. guns. A lot of nail guns. Yeah. yeah. Horrible. But, and the idea of being hit by a nail gun is truly terrifying. That had me Ugh. recoiling. But maybe that's because you saw this movie as a kid. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Small soldiers did it first within your life. <laughs> There's a scene later on where um, Alan gets stabbed with, I don't know what it is, it's got a little plastic thing and then two spikes that come out the bottom and it gets stabbed into his leg. It's visceral. It stuck with me for years afterwards. I mean, I remembered it before watching it. That scene was one of the ones that was in my head before I started the movie. Yeah. For, as a... <sighs> it's like a little... I don't know what it is. No, uh, I'm not a manly enough man to know what those things were, but they came out of a garage. So There had something in her garage. It was, yeah. it was a nail gun. <laughs> sure, yeah. They were all different nails. <laughs> but yeah, so this leads into the... Um, the chase scene. The chase. Yeah. yeah. They escape on a moped. Uh, American kids know how to drive pretty young. I, I always just accept that in these movies. Um, yeah, They escape fine. on a very cool-looking moped. and World's slowest moped. Could not outrun a skateboard. Those little vehicles they're in, they all merge together into one large vehicle. Oh, the Voltron vehicle was a highlight for me when those all clicked together. I almost messaged you boys and I was just like, we're talking about it. I don't need to. But I was so happy when that happened. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, a chase scene ensues and they ramp up a bit of grass or something and the the small soldiers, the toy soldiers, Soldiers, I'm allergic to that word, they explode. Yeah. Yes. Violently. Yeah. In an action packed scene. Awesome. Um, And then Alan and Christie watched the explosion. And in a scene that didn't make it to the final film, I assume, they turn to each other and say, Should we check? (laughs) Should we check? (laughs) Nah. Let's go assume. They were too horny for each other to. To worry about that. Alan was too turned on by that fire is probably the problem. Oh, damn, you got there first. <laughs> <laughs> Should we just watch the fire for a bit? <laughs> go, but, yeah. We could go back to my place, Alan. Oh, just, should we stay? My parents are asleep. <laughs> <laughs> but of course, Chip Hazard survives, doesn't he, boys? Of course he does. does. Of course he does. And he, he does. comes across poor old Joe who started this whole mess in the first place and finds all of the other toys in the back and he activates them all. Now we get the big battle. Does that mean there was only one Chip Hazard in the entire truck? Or did he just go, nah, not those ones, oh. not those ones? Yeah, I think he killed them all in the box. Yeah. yeah. I would have liked to see that scene. I imagine it's because Tommy Lee Jones would have needed to be paid more if he was doing multiple voices. And <laughs> he was already blowing the budget on this thing. <laughs> Um, so I can't remember exactly how they get there, but I think the whole family ends up in Christie's house. Along with Larry and... Irwin. Larry? What was Irwin, it? Uh, thank Irwin. you. Irwin. Yes. Well, they end yeah. up in the house because um, Christie's dad is angry that Alan may have kidnapped his daughter. They both arrive and explain the situation that the toys are real. The Gorgonites are there. Definitely. Phil Hartman still doesn't believe what he's seeing. Then the toy soldiers. Oh my God. Small soldiers. <laughs> That's three or four now. They turn up yeah, and the battle ensues. Uh, and Larry and Irwin turn up in order to apologise for handing over these malfunctioning toys. And to threaten to sue if they tell anyone. Yeah, well, yes. <laughs> mm, yeah, of course. This had one of my um, favourite moments from the movie, though, in that there was a toy truck outside and all the toys gathering on the street. And the only way they could make sure to definitely see onto the street just outside the house with by sharing a pair of binoculars that they all individually had to look through to go oh yeah there are toys on the street oh and a truck (laughs) (laughs) yeah i genuinely think they just wanted to use that effect of um binoculars over a camera yeah Mm. they'd already recorded it like that and they had to pull it back in and then we get um Spice Girls wannabe in order to yes. get them out of the house. It's a great war song, but it ends too soon. They just stop. They, I think they realised in editing, like, oh, this is really annoying after more than 30 <laughs> seconds. We've done the joke now. But an actual reference 
an actual reference to something the American military once did, which I quite liked. Which they do say in the movie. Mm. Yeah, which they talk about in the movie. (laughs) I didn't pick up on that. Yeah, Yeah, they Uh, talk to people with that song. Psychological warfare. In this scene, a couple of of things in this scene. First of all, so the Phil and his wife, his name's not Phil, that's the actor's name. No, no, it's... Uh, it's Christy's mum and dad. It's his name and is his character's, character's name. name as well. Phil okay, Fimple. great. Phil, Phil and his Fimple. wife. No, Phil Fimple. Would say the full name. Phil Fimple and wife Wimple <laughs> were both <laughs> drugged. Um, and they got over, like, they, they woke back up. But she is so dozy through this entire scene. She's kind of, I don't know if it's meant to be a character trait or she's still under the influence. Yeah, we didn't see enough of her beforehand to know if she was like that. Uh, but I was there for it. Yeah. I, I like that she was a bit all over the place. So I, I reckon she was just still popping them. Yeah, she's still drinking that same juice. <laughs> <laughs> Getting a buzz on. <laughs> Other thing that I caught at this point, so the reason that I remember Slamfist's name and not any of the others, is is it just me, or is he brummy? Because I feel like with his voice, it sounded like maybe it's just because he's got this sort of oh, I know <laughs> kind of voice. But I was like, is that meant to be a brummy accent? Uh, I think he's just meant to sound stupid, and the two are very close together. <laughs> yeah, that's, oh, that's what I was worried about. Sorry, listeners in Birmingham. Or Sam's from Birmingham, so I can say these things. I'm from Birmingham, so I'm allowed to say it. <laughs> you don't yeah. sound like you are. You're the podcast <laughs> yeah. boy. You're gonna, to, you're gonna have to. You're gonna have to. you have to ham it up for the rest of the episode now. Yeah. <laughs> Hang on, I'll get Chloe up here. <laughs> if I can, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that was the only. Uh, that's the only notes I had there. Well, we get a, a big old ruffle in the in the back garden between everyone. At, at some point, the Gorgonites decide to finally fight. Because either way they'll lose, so they might as well fight. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. They fucking love to talk about yeah. losing, don't they? Yeah. Um, we get a little face-off between Alan and Chip Hazard as he attempts to create the AMP by doing something with the Transformer. Yeah, that was all a bit sort of vague. I'm going to just assume that that's yeah, yeah that's fine. I don't fine. I don't know enough about EMPs or Transformers to say that that wouldn't work. But you've seen The Matrix and Small Soldiers. <laughs> yeah, you need to watch more movies. I know what it stands for. <laughs> and I know that it's anti-electricity, other than that. It's anti-electric, yeah. <laughs> um, it's, um, it's, it stands for every major plot hole. Yeah. You just fill it in with an EMP. Anytime you That's need really to defeat good. a robot. <laughs> Oh no, I really I missed that that yeah. Damn, great joke. I'm very sorry. <laughs> great stuff. And Alan ends up shoving in Chip Hazard right into that transformer. Yeah. That ends causing the movie. a massive explosion yeah. to kill all of the commando elite. Or well, not kill them, deactivate them. Yeah. Um but lucky lucky, uh radar dish uh from earlier mm-hmm. fell onto the Gorgonites by accident. Oh, they maybe? hid under it. It didn't fall. They yeah, saw they it. Hid, they hid under there. <laughs> they hid. That's they got they under there and they hid. Hide. And and they survived the battle. Unjustified. But <laughs> it happened. Uh I've got to assume that some of the Gwendy dolls are st- although they were in the house, yeah. they got they got destroyed as well. I think we're meant to assume that that satellite dish was lead. Wait, is it lead that protects from anti electricity? I think so. That's yeah. radiation, radiation, I think. Oh yeah, but that's just okay. <laughs> we don't, we don't, we don't need to discuss the science. <laughs> <laughs> the science doesn't yeah, make sense so in this movie. <laughs> so yeah, what else happens here? So um, well, they do a kiss. Yeah, in in response to in response to the all the chaos that's happened and being stabbed and shot and bloodied and burnt, Christy, as usual. It's furiously horny. <laughs> Kisses Alan. Big payoff kiss, which wasn't a big payoff because she's already been thirsting after him for the yeah. entire movie. And then says, is this going to be a pattern for our relationship? That is going to be the most troubled relationship. <laughs> He's going to have to keep on activating armies and calling him bomb scares just to keep her interested. <laughs> the whole time she's walking around leaving a trail like a slug. <laughs> oh, 
fucking love this shit, Alan. <laughs> Come on, pop the tyres on that school bus. <laughs> Fuck's sake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Fuck it, Al. <laughs> and then uh, the movie wraps up with Mr. Mars coming in to offer everyone money to solve all the problems they've had and take away. Well, actually, they don't take away all the, the broken soldiers with the chips in. They just leave them there for, for anybody to find. Well, I think there is a clear up. Yeah. I think there is meant to be going on. Oh, it seems like Alan was doing a lot of that at the end. Checking them all in a bag before he finds the Gorgonites. Well, the moral of this part of the story is throw enough money at people and everything's fine. <laughs> That's yeah. the end of the movie. Again, I think we covered the American entire movie. No, there's one, there's one more scene um, where Alan, I guess, drives the, um, <laughs> the Gorgonites, who are still alive now, and obviously a major problem because we have no idea what their capabilities are. We don't know anything about them. So he pops them in a little toy boat <laughs> and sends them off down river. So the moral of the story is, yeah, plastic pollution. He's treating them like it's just toys animated into, like, the personas of those toys. I don't think he's considered that they are AI capable of learning. Yeah, who are now, you know, manning a boat Wait. going down river. A little question. What happens next? There's no sequel to this no, film. No, What do they actually do on that little boat? Are they looking for... Where do they go? Gorgon? Is that the... Gorgon? They're looking for Gorgon. They're yeah, looking for a place that doesn't that exist. doesn't exist, yeah. So that's the movie. Uh-huh. So, oh, I think you have some more trivia for us, don't you? Uh, so yeah. I think I've kind of touched on it as we've gone, and that most of the trivia was, and this was a reference to this movie, and this was a reference to this movie. And so I just made up my own, where one of them says, you put munitions chips in toys, and have written that that was in fact a reference to our Terminator Dicks episode, <laughs> where I said that they had put mu- munitions chips in it's in, in dolls because why not? Everything else is the reference to something, and Small Soldiers always does it yeah. first. So they got their first. Amazing and we how that all came together. Turns out they did it first, and we were copying when. Well, you were copying when you came up with that theory. At least they didn't create podcasts, eh, boys? That's solely with us. <laughs> I mean, eventually we'll create one <laughs> at some um, point. There was. Not supposed to be a sequel for this movie, but they were going to remake it in 2014, just before Disney purchased all that stuff from Fox, and they were going to name it Toy Mageddon. Oh, oh yeah. no, that's not good. I'm glad we didn't get that. It would have been awful. I mean, the problem is yeah. that it would have been cancelled. I mean, it was cancelled, but it would have been cancelled after it came out, like all this sort of thing, with with the sort of anti-capitalist messaging. There's no way that Americans would have been cool with that. This movie literally says. And the people were saved when they their TV dish was destroyed and they no longer had access to all those war movies. Now, I think World War II is my favourite war. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great line. Yeah, it's just... I think that that is the message of this movie, isn't it? Just It's a warning from the past of the dangers of changing violence to action and having people get excited about it and having and the risks of that then entering suburban America and having violence promoted in kids' lives and the dangers that can lead to with kids being shot just in the streets. I mean, aren't we glad America didn't go that way? <laughs> yeah, thank God this movie came out and averted that disaster. This was I'd say this is around the time shortly after, but this is the sort of time that video games were on the rise yeah. and they were getting violence. Like, okay, Doom was already out in 1993, but in terms of gaining popularity, I think sort of like Doom, Quake, Duke Nukem, all these hyper-violent games we're, not going were coming there, around we? about this time. We're not doing the video games lead to violence thing, are we? <laughs> no, but I'm saying okay. that this movie might be. Oh, see, I th- they I don't thought it was explicitly doing, say it, but I thought it was doing media, action movies. Lead, violent yeah. media. Fair. I think it all ties in. There is something I wanted to note about the end of this movie. I'm sure both of you caught. After they're drifting off into the waters, uh, the the hunchbacky looking one, I don't remember the name of. I'm one of you Sam's favourite? The Brummy one. Oh, Slamfist. Oh, that's Slamfist. Wow. Yeah. I guess he did sound kind of Brummy. <laughs> 
<laughs> the last line of his movie, which is his line, is, I hope we don't hit an iceberg. Why is it a Titanic reference? What does that have yeah. to do with any of the rest of the movie? Or this? How do they know what icebergs are? <laughs> well, that wiki. <laughs> oh, it's on Wikipedia. Yeah, icebergs is right after atomic bombs. <laughs> Uh, Sam, do you have any bad reviews for us? Yeah, I was I was waiting for this. Um, so if we're done with the trivia, then... Yeah, critical reception of this film surprised me. Now, listening back, we haven't got to our verdict yet, but I think we all look upon this film fairly positively. The Rotten Tomatoes score, I think it was about 58? Mid-50s, which is a lot lower than I was expecting. Shocking. And yes, that is out of 100. Um, I'm going to read a little sample of them. So Taylor R uh, in 2013 gave it a 1 out of 10. And he said, I assume he said, this is my second movie movie review. I chose this terrible movie because it deserves a review. So here it goes. This is my review of Small Soldiers. (laughs) Basically, this family buys these small action figures that are alive. So then evil comes and they have to stop it. Long story short... The soldiers stop the evil menace, and everything's back to normal. This movie is garbage. If you ever pass it up, do so. This horrendous travesty of a film is god-awful. Worse than Garbage Pale Kids the movie. (laughs) That bad. I give this rubbish a 1 out of 10. Thousand. (laughs) I'm Taylor Ruud, and I say, go to hell, small soldiers. I mean, it sounds like he didn't watch the same film. (laughs) Yeah, he got it wrong. That's not anything like what the plot is. But holy shit, he hated it. Yeah, that was a Whatever he did great watch. Fucking hell. I, I love that. Toy I'm Taylor Ruig. And I say, go to hell, small soldiers. I love how there were three lines before he started the review. And he said three times, this is my review. <laughs> this is a review. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but he's not the only person who didn't like this. I mean, only shortly afterwards. Uh, I'm going to struggle with this username. Matt Zizzleman 6 also gave it a 1 out of 10. He said, This movie was the worst movie I've ever seen. The acting was so bad I wanted to puke. The soldiers were so stupid I wanted to pass out. If someone says this movie is good, I am going to punch them. I hope this director never makes any movie again. This movie was so bad. If he made any other movies, the average rating will probably be minus... Three four five six seven one two five four three one two six nine eight two one five four six nine. Sorry, what was that number again? I missed that. Minus three four five six seven one two five four three one two six nine eight two one five four six nine. Okay. I hope they never come out with a sequel. If they do, I will break all of their cameras in half. They might as well record a coffee cup. That would still be better than this movie. Unbelievable. Do you think? We we've wrong? said quite a lot that the messaging of this movie and the satirization of that messaging is very clear. Do you think they just don't get that there is a message and that they're making so, fun of that message? I don't want to risk being those guys. I think maybe. I don't want to be risk being those guys who are just like, you're too stupid to get it. Remember like those Rick I'm and Morty fans that. like a few years ago? <laughs> yeah. I don't, I, I don't want to risk being those guys. But I think the problem is that any movie that tries to be anti-capitalist and anti-military is gonna get blown to shit by the Americans, really. Those are not messages that are, that are gonna be taken well. They're not gonna be going in with a positive mindset. And a movie like a, that a aimed at children. Yeah. Both those um, reviews yeah, no, I, sounded like they thought the soldiers were the good guys. Yeah, I think they both did. I think Thank you for your service. perhaps are a little confused about <laughs> the... Um, maybe they just can't see an American soldier in a negative light. I don't know. I'm not trying to shit on these people. No, no they're entitled that to their That was not opinion, my intention. But... And I didn't want to be that guy who's like, clearly you don't get it. But I just feel like they're taking no. the film too literally. Perhaps. I think you can't take this film too seriously or too literally. I, for one, agree with Yod for B, who, okay, did give it a 1 out of 10, but we'll put that aside. Because his review says, I'm a fan of action figure, so I really enjoy it. <laughs> 1 out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> but I agree. I'm also a fan of action I figure. Love action figure. And I really That's enjoy a great it. Great review. <laughs> I'm a fan of action figure. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Oh, so there you go. I do have one more That's bit like of trivia that I forgot to 
mention. I forgot to cover the budget. Forty million yeah. for this movie. And I mean you've covered the reviews, so we sort of know how it was received. But what do you think it got back? Forty million, four mm, zero. Four zero. Um We've we've done a few reviews before now, and I think I've got a rough idea of, you know, how this pans out. I'm gonna say hundred and twenty million. Huh? I'm gonna say seventy million. Eighty seven point five. Oh. So Evan takes that. That's the, I think that's pretty good. I mean, that's not amazing. I mean, they say you've got to good. double your budget, right? Like between making the movie and then marketing the movie, you have to double your budget to break even. That is what the Weekly Planet says. Yes, that is. <laughs> Shh. <laughs> Never... <laughs> so yeah, seven point five million. I'm not surprised it didn't get a sequel. No. Yeah. But again, this is not your average kids' movie, is it? Too many firsts. It's too ahead of its time, if anything. Yeah, yeah. They packed too much in. I mean, it must be hard being the first ones to explain EMP. I mean, you need five, six, seven movies to, to understand that. So, I mean, well done. inventing EMP was a, <laughs> was a hell of a feat. Well, okay, so we've, we've touched on it already, but I'll ask the question. Evan, so you think that was good, do you? Thank you for asking me, Sam. I did think that it was good. Do I? I did. Yeah, that was a really <laughs> enjoyable I? movie. There were some things I didn't remember quite rightly. I remember the Gorgonites being like scared, but I didn't remember them being such massive pussies. Mm-hmm. Uh, they really loved to highlight, and they weren't really involved in a lot of the film apart from little talky scenes. Uh, but I don't think that detracted from the movie. Yeah, watching this as an adult, you love all the, the Chip Hazard stuff. Uh, every line from him was a fucking pleasure to listen to. Yeah, great. I fucking loved it. What about you, boys? Uh, yeah, I. it was so much better than I expected going in. Just the whole movie uh, as a whole was way better. And yeah, like you said, the commandos, all of them, especially Chip Hazard, but all of them, or Tommy Lee Jones, I should say, they all killed it. It was just really good performances. I hated all the protagonists. I think Alan, Christie, all the Gorgonites, I hated them. Yeah. That's just shit. But all the antagonists in this were great. The plot was also way more cohesive than I remembered, Absolutely. annoyingly, as we've touched on. And yeah, it feels... Well, no, it is centuries ahead of its time. <laughs> Absolute pioneer. Well ahead of 1065. Well, see, I've always held a little bit of resentment for this movie because it came out with a game at the same time, and that game's specs were too yes. high for my PC, so I never got to play it. And I was stupid enough that I bought the game, it didn't run, I took it back, and then I saw it in the used section of a a game store a couple of years later, and whilst owning the same computer, I bought the game again, and then got upset (laughs) that it didn't work again. (laughs) (laughs) So you're bitter. Yeah, So, but other than that, yeah, great film. I assumed I would like it, but yeah, um, holds up better than I thought, and I don't think we've touched on this enough, but... Definitely ahead of its time. <laughs> That's a good point, actually. Um, so uh, with, I, I think we now. I mean, you just got a new laptop. You finally upgraded your computer after nineteen ninety eight. I can now talk to you boys so, and record at the same time. Well, what I'm saying is now I think we all need to get copies of Small Soldiers: The Video Game and play it, and then come back for our review. Oh, oh well up for no! That. I mean, <laughs> subscribe to Patreon. We'll do it there. Yeah, sure. You know, Set us up a Patreon and subscribe to it. I mentioned to a few people Pape, yeah. that we were doing small soldiers for this week, and all of them brought up the game. It's oh, weird. I don't feel like this was that big of a movie when it came out, and certainly the reception of it as well. Um, and there weren't like that many toys and things. I mean, I think I had some like McDonald's ones, maybe. Maybe I had an action figure of was Insania. Burger King that ran Burger the, um, King. Mm. Yes. There we go. Thank you, Carl. Um, but everyone mentioned the game. It's odd that that's such a part of our consciousness. Quick fun bit of trivia before we leave. I because it was a PG-13 movie, if the parents weren't happy about getting a small soldier's toy, Burger King would take it back and swap it for a Mr. Potato Head. <laughs> Even Fun trade. fact. That, that initially didn't uh, make the cut, but I thought I'd throw it in since it would mention Burger King. I have one nice. more fact that shouldn't make the cut, but I'm going to say it. All the Gorgonites were voiced by members of This Is Spinal Tap. Yeah. Oh, I think I saw that somewhere. Yeah. 
but I haven't seen the film, so it didn't really mean me anything either. to me. The Dirty Dozen had happened in the 60s, Spinal Tap, what, 70s or 80s, and people have been asking ever since, what if those two fought each other? <laughs> <laughs> what, we, what we need is for those two to go head to head. I'm naming this episode Dirty Dozen versus This is Spinal Tap. <laughs> Brackets 1065. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I think that's all we have about time for, boys. You happy with that? I'm happy with that. Very happy. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review. It would really help the pod out. Follow us over at So You Think Pod on Twitter. And thank you, boys, for joining me. God, I hope we don't hit an iceberg. <laughs> goodbye. Uh, goodbye. Bye.